Before we request uh, Professor Ansari, may I now request our student Falak Arif to offer a bouquet of flowers. Uh, just there are two more heads that he also have apart from the information commissioner from the central information commission he will also serve this nation well with distinction as an interlocutor for j and k talks and also he is the member of the university grants commission so may i request all of you to give a big round of applause to professor ansari so professor ansari sir will speak uh, about 20 25 minutes thereafter he will be taking some q and a okay thank you very much Please switch up your mobiles. Professor Badrul Alam Sir, faculty and students of the Department of Political Science. <coughs> I am extremely happy to be here this morning. I, at the outset, would like to apologize for being late here for about half an hour or so. and that was largely uh, not due to my poor planning of uh, the timing for trouble but the traffic which you know i'm so sorry for that <coughs> your head of department professor alam had asked me to talk to you about uh, right to information and uh, share with you my experiences in implementation of this act and also to uh, appraise you about the salient features of the act and how we think that it has impacted uh, the indian uh, systems of governance may i at the outset know uh, you all are uh, students of political science present how many of you have already uh, read Uh, right to information act and how many of you have uh, used uh, rti for seeking information from and uh, uh the matter is very important especially because not only because you are a citizen but also because uh, you are a student of a political science Uh, realizing that i see that the most of uh, uh, the people uh, most of you are i think students of uh, political science uh, i think pursuing your uh, different levels of degree program uh, i would uh, uh, rather slightly modify my presentation today and uh, make my presentation in the following way uh, at the outset for the benefit of students i would like to discuss with you the genesis of rti how it all began uh, either in india or elsewhere subsequently i would also discuss uh, the major objectives of rti thereafter i will devote uh, some time to discuss with you the salient features of the rti act and the kind of framework that it provides for uh, uh, sharing information or uh, how the rights can be exercised because seeking information are uh, are trying to get certain information is your own right right means that there is something that that cannot be denied you have 
as a citizen the right to uh, access information and uh, if anyone making any attempt to deny the information uh, uh, that the organizations are individuals are likely to be penalized. So your rights are rights. Uh, so, uh, beginning from the genesis of uh, the RTI movement to the RTI objective, I will discuss in the second part the salient features of the RTI Act and then in the third and the last part I would like to discuss uh, the impact of RTI Act on its own intended objectives. The objectives of the RTI Act being transparency in the functioning of the government departments, uh, impacting the accountability performance and uh, also to what extent it has uh, uh, helped in uh, containing corruption in the whole country. So let me begin with the genesis. I have been able to identify at least there are three major forces which have led to grant of this right, right to information, right to know in most of the countries. And of the uh, of the three major forces, the first and the most important is the information revolution or the knowledge revolution that we have been talking about. In the last five to six decades, we have seen a tremendous growth of knowledge in almost every discipline. In certain areas, the knowledge has been, the scientists say, it is doubling almost every year. In some other areas, it is doubling in three to five years. There may be areas which are, I mean, the knowledge areas which are static, maybe anthropology and sociology. But when you talk of the IT, when you talk of the physics, when you talk of biochemistry, biosciences, it is doubling almost. Now, science having its own impact on the society and on the individual, uh, it does create information because everyone doesn't have to study the sciences or the mathematics. But the relevant messages, the information has to be shared across. You know, and therefore, it is realized that whether you are a scientist or a non-scientist, there are certain degree of information that is available in the sciences and the non-sciences which is required. And therefore, we see that everyone needs information to be able to further his individual as well as the professional uh, aspirations. So the information is required by the individuals, by the organizations, by the societies, by the families, by the countries. Everyone needs information and the information is so critical. For example, a farmer in the villages, he needs to know about the high yielding varieties which can produce uh, better results with the lesser amount of investment of his time and uh, energy. He needs to know about the information where he can sell uh, his own products. The people in the rural areas would like to know as to what has happened when a politician has promised them to provide them roads or hospital or telephone connection. So he would like to know why when he was promised had not been delivered to him. Likewise, an entrepreneur, a businessman would like to know the tax structure, the incentive that is being given, the areas where he can invest in, the kinds of technology that he can make use of. So even the entrepreneur would like to have certain degree of certain information without which he cannot function in the society, without which he cannot carry forward his own businesses. There are lots of 
empowerment programs and schemes, say for example the women, they have the rights, they have the entitlements for protection, for having a fair share in the society, for development and therefore they would like to know the various laws governing them and uh, giving them the entitlements and giving them protection from the law. So they also need to know various sets of information which is being generated through the parliamentary procedure, through the political processes and through uh, all kinds of uh, things that is being done by the government uh, and elsewhere. You as a student or the teacher also need to know certain things. Say for example, a teacher would like to know how, uh, why he had not been promoted, why he had not been uh, recruited, I mean uh, why he had not been appointed, you know, what was the criteria who are the members of the selection committee, what criteria, the basis they had for. You as a student would like to know what are the various courses being offered elsewhere, how can you further your progress and uh, uh, what basic information that you can have about yourself. For example, you would like to know why your teacher has failed and you would like to have access to your uh, uh, evaluated copies, for example. So what I uh, mean to say is that the in, in the knowledge society that we talk of, where the knowledge is the driving force and information uh, is knowledge and knowledge is power and therefore everyone needs certain degree of information, certain level of information to be able to, 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 uh, to formulate his own response, to be able to realize his own aspirations and therefore information is needed and the people have been asserting and asking for the information. And it has also so happened that in the last uh, seven to eight decades or so we have been seeing, uh, and I come now to the second force, I mean the one I have talked about, the knowledge and the information revolution now being the force to create conditions for sharing of the information, for ensuring free flow of information because everybody needs information. Now the second most important is that what we see is that the system of governance have been changing. We used to have the kingship, we used to have the autocratic government. Now most of the autocratic governments have now been dismantled. They have been crumbling. The democratic countries and societies are being formed. And most of the democratic countries now, they have uh, incorporated in their own constitution freedom of expression, freedom of speech. And therefore, they have been guaranteeing you may recall, uh, the United Nations Charter in the section 19 has uh, uh, very clearly said that every citizen in all the democratic countries will have freedom of information, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And corresponding to the section 19 of the UN Charter, the Constitution of India under section 19 also incorporates freedom of of expression and the freedom of speech. Incidentally, the Constitution of India, when it was implemented in 1950, uh, it did not talk about the right to know. So, you have had the right, uh, you had the right or uh, uh, the freedom of expression, you had the freedom of uh, speech, but you never had the right to know. So we were exercising our own rights of uh, freedom of expression without having the right to know actually what is all happening. In due course of time, because we did not have the right to know, many a time when the tax money was being used by the government, 
lots of corrupt practices were taking place and it was found that the money that was meant for uh, public purposes that for construction of the roads, hospitals and the schools were being pocketed by the bureaucrats, by the contractors in connivance with the political bosses. And you know the popular saying because in uh, late 80s uh, there were some studies undertaken uh, by the planning commission which showed uh, uh, that the large amount of money that was being invested uh, for the public purposes uh, only about 15% was reaching to the target group and that was that report was never published but the then Prime Minister Rajiv Gandhi mentioned and that is what we have been on knowing but whatever Rajiv Gandhi had said was not on his own uh, uh, speculation but because of a study that was uh, conducted and the study was buried it was not uh, made public uh, but the fact remains uh, that there was some degree of uh, secrecy in the functioning of the public departments, there was some degree of uh, secrecy in the management of the government funds and that uh, nobody knew how to really access that information. No, there was no way to penalize those people who had pocketed for personal gains the money that was to be used for the public purposes. You know, those kind of revolution started taking place and the civil society made it a point to talk about it and they began to put pressure on the government to bring uh, uh, in a kind of legislation that will assure freedom of uh, information also. And because of uh, the exposure of the various corrupt practices in different parts of the country, at least nine states in India passed some kind of right to information act. And it so happened when those states, uh, beginning from the Andhra, Maharashtra, Gujarat, uh, you know, uh, some other states, they passed the legislation and, uh, uh, and the benefit of uh, those acts uh, were already known that the corruption in those areas reduced. And therefore, the central government also uh, decided to pass a kind of legislation that is to be passed by uh, by the Indian Parliament and it so happened in 2002 uh, in the India government right to information that was passed but it was never notified, it was never implemented somehow and that happened only in 2005 when the UPA government came and UPA also had promised and thereafter the uh, right to information uh, became actually the right to know uh, the law was passed. I may also mention that the, this revolution while uh, was uh, uh, taking stronger roots in this country but at the same time elsewhere in the different parts of the world also uh, the right to information or the freedom of, uh, of information was being talked about. Till 2000, as many as 30 countries passed legislation on right to information. And thereafter, after 2000, till now, more, at least hundreds of the countries they have either passed the legislation or they have modified their own law. So the right to information has become such an important tool to access information, to ensure accountability, to ensure uh, that there is a transparency in the functioning that has become a culture of uh, governance and therefore uh, uh, you know in our own country it required uh, prominence. You know and this is how uh, the Right to Information Act has been implemented. Now let me come to the third force which is equally important. 
there is a move from the autocratic type of governance to that of the democratic institutions and within the democratic institutions what we have seen uh, that there were uh, a uh, large number of uh, public uh, sector undertakings, public enterprises where it was the government which was taking responsibility for establishing public enterprises, for uh, for producing the consumer goods, for producing the capital goods. At the same time, uh, the, the, the private sector was playing uh, somewhat much less important, except especially that was happening in the socialist countries, the countries, uh, uh, you know, like India, which adopted some kind of mixed uh, economic approaches. Now what happened in a country like ours, which is so diverse in terms of geography, in terms of ethnicity, uh, people began to feel that even though it is planned at the central level, it is not possible to capture the needs and aspirations of the people living in different parts of the country. So we have different categories of the people in terms of income and the social classes, in terms of the geographic distribution, their needs are different and therefore uh, whatever was being planned at the national level or even at the state level that was not capturing the essence of the requirements of the people and therefore the people came forward to say that look there has to be participatory governance and for making it participatory which means that there has to be plans and the programs that meet the requirements of the different section of the society. So we have uh, various schemes for the rural people, for the urban people. We have schemes for uh, deprived communities, SCST, minorities. You know, you have the overall plans and then you have also the sub-plans meeting the requirements of different sections of society. So, uh, uh, the civil society again uh, needed much more information and uh, wanted to participate in the entire governance process beginning from the center level to that of the state level to that of the panchayat level. And therefore the people need to know, uh, you know what kind of schemes are being planned, what is the investment being made, and who are going to be the beneficiaries. So everyone, every individual is now looking at himself uh, as to how he is going to benefit and what kind of taxes or other charges they have to pay. So the entire process began to be participatory and therefore the civil society have been asserting not only for the information for but for the entire uh, range of information on the basis of which the policies and the programs are being conceptualized, being implemented. Also the civil society needs to know uh, that who, who are the people who are uh, making plans, who are the people who are executing it, who has what responsibilities so that people can question him or her. So, I mean, these are the three forces which I have been able to identify, the knowledge revolution, the information revolution, and the move from the autocratic, that of the democratic societies, and uh, most of the democratic uh, societies, democratically uh, formed government, they have given the rights to the people to seek information and to seek accountability of uh, the, the government, and at the same time the civil society aspirations to participate in the entire decision-making processes. And it is on these uh, basis that uh, the Right to Information Act was considered. Now, the Right to Information Act has the following major objective. One is setting out uh, a regime 
for accessing information held by the public authorities. Public authorities are defined. I mean, all the governmental bodies, it may be even the NGOs which are substantially financed, or it may be in the private sector which have benefited in one way or the other and has been doing certain activities which has certain repercussions, certain implications uh, for the people at large. And the second and most important, as I mentioned to you, that RTI and the freedom of expression is a critical part of uh, democratic governments. Then the second objective is to, to maintain the paramountancy of the democratic principles. It talks of democratic principles. And the democratic principles have to be uh, made of the paramount importance so that uh, people have uh, uh, faith in the democratic process, people can access information, people can uh, question uh, the authorities, uh, the bureaucracy, the political bosses, or whosoever is responsible, whosoever is making use of uh, uh, the governmental money, whosoever is being paid uh, uh, by the state, etc. So the two major objectives are to uh, to set out uh, the RTI regime for free flow of information, the purpose being to ensure transparency, to seek accountability, and also with the transparency and accountability, uh, it also impacts on the scourge of corruption as well. So these are the major three items, uh, uh, three uh, major objectives uh, which are uh, stated in the RTI Act. Now let me come to uh, to the RTI framework and how it is able to meet, uh, you know, these expectations. Uh, I mean, these objectives of the RTI Act. Uh, I may mention that in the RTI Act, uh, uh, it is uh, one of the most comprehensively drafted. And I may also share, uh, you know, there was uh, recently an international study. Uh, to assess as to which uh, uh, country has the best RTI Act. And the India's uh, RTI Act was uh, rated as the second best in the world. It was second best in the world. Now, to assess the worthiness of this Act, uh, I may mention that there are three uh, major uh, stakeholders or actors that have been identified in the RTI Act. You know, in describing the salient features, I would like to uh, I mean, uh, rather than going by uh, each of the sections, you know, because that might be very boring uh, for you, but I would like to mention uh, that the, the, what are the three major actors, uh, are the stakeholders, and how they are involved in implementation of the RTI. So one of the most important actors is, of course, you. That is the information seeker. Any citizen of this country is the information seeker. In city, and you can exercise your own right that is given under Section Six of the RTI Act, and uh, there is no uh, specific format under which you have to ask for the information. The only thing is that you must identify the information and put in your application to the to to, uh, uh, to the department, to the organization, or to the individual who you think is a custodian of information. And uh, while doing so, you have to exercise your right by putting uh, an application fee of rupees 10. 
because your right is not exercised unless you deposit the fee. That is the condition. So, putting up an application and then putting a 10 rupees, uh, and there is it is prescribed how you have to deposit the 10 rupees. It could be in the form of draft. It could be the postal order. And uh, or any other mechanism in some offices, it can be also paid as a cash. What is most important is that at this stage, your rights are defined in the following way. The information is also defined, and the information means any material in any form. This is very important for you to understand. When you exercise your right you, for information, you should know what information is. The information has been defined in the RTI Act and it says that any material in any form, it has to be the material information. It could be a note sheet, it could be the email, it could be anything. Which means that you cannot question in the form of uh, uh, various kinds of queries and ask why, whether, uh, if, I mean you can't put it a kind of uh, question marks. You have the right to access information the same way as any police officer, investigating officer has, that whenever there is a theft at any place, they immediately go and grab everything, they search and seize. They have the right. Likewise, when you suspect that something has happened wrongly and you like to know so you have the same right as any of uh, you know the investigating officer and you can ask for such and see of the entire document which also means that you also have the right to scrutinize the document you have right to inspect the document at times we may not be very sure about certain information so we would like to uh, uh, ask the concerned department that uh, uh, I would like to seek certain information relating to certain such activities and uh, uh, and in that connection we would like to inspect the entire records and documents. Upon your inspection you will identify as to which information is to be given. Rather than just asking everything in the sky, you can't go on uh, fishing is free for asking for the information. You know it is very important to know your rights right that yes you have right to ask for information and that you do it when you specify the information and the information has also been defined that you like to have copy of such and such order you like to have copy of such and such notices on the basis of which such and such decision has been taken and so on and so forth so it has to be the material information you need to specify uh, then we go to the second stakeholder that is, so on the one hand you have the right. The second stakeholder, that is the information provi uh, provider, the information provider has the obligation to share the information. I mean this is very much important. And this is how you say that yes, uh, uh, public servants are all public servants and they have to serve the society. Uh, their role has not been taken as a right, but they have the obligations. The public authorities have the obligation to furnish the information and in doing so, uh, you know, their obligations are also uh, very clearly identified. In the first instance, there is a detailed provision under Section 4 of the RTI Act which says 
that every public authority will publish the whole range of detailed information about vision and mission of the document, about uh, the authorities, uh, are about the decision-making processes for which you have, uh, you know, the executive council, the boards, and the various committees, and the, what is the reporting system, what is the hierarchy, and then uh, uh, how many staff have been uh, deployed for which activity, how, what is the compensation that is being paid to them, what are their duties and responsibilities. You ask for any detail, they have to publish. Every organization has to publish the entire details. And at the same time, they have to publish from time to time uh, all those developments that take place. For example, when you go to the railway station, or to at the airport, or at the police station, you find the, uh, the, the records that, uh, as to which uh, airlines is uh, delayed, or uh, at what time it is uh, flying, and from which gate. You can have the entry. Likewise, you go at the railway station, you have the pressograph, and every set of information is available. You go to the police station, they will know that what kind of crimes have taken place in the uh, in the previous weeks or months, and how many cases have been solved, and so on and so forth. This means that the every public authority, either men, they have completed any exercise, they have to put in the public domain, as it happens, that when the university has to take certain admissions, they do announce. Uh, the admission policy or the recruitment policy. They also tell that when, which exam will be conducted, by what time, the results will be declared, who are the people who are selected, who are the people who are not selected, so on and so forth. So it has to be put in the public domain so that you don't have to unnecessarily put in an RTI application to know about all this. So this is the obligation. The public authorities, they also have the obligation to, to inform to the, uh, to the people as to why certain decision has been taken, and they have to inform at least to the persons who are con uh, who are affected. So whether it is a matter of uh, recruitment, whether it is a matter of uh, uh, award of any contract, whether it is a matter of uh, giving the punishment. You know. So even if a student has to be expelled, the reasons have to be recorded very clearly. That what is the uh, the the, uh, the the crime one has committed? What is the illegality that has occurred and then what are the processes, what are the laws under which certain action has been taken. These are considered to be very important in a diverse society where you suspect lot of discriminatory practices uh, either on the, uh, the region, religion, ethnicity and so many other factors relating to the groups. Uh, then the public authorities apart from disclosing the information they have to make certain arrangements for furnishing the information. So they have to have the public uh, uh, information officer. They have uh, you know, given the details uh, of the procedure that they have to follow. And even those who are uh, physically challenged, they have to be assisted by them. So uh, the obligation is so much, not only confined to disclosing as possible, but also facilitating any information seeker even if he is physically challenged person, even if a blind person approaches, the CPIO is supposed to be recording the set of information that is required by him. And the PIO would also inform as to what is the charge that is, uh, the, the money that he is going to charge. And he has to charge only as per the prescribed. For example, uh, 10 rupees RTI application fee, 2 rupees uh, for photocopy and so on and so forth. Uh, so. Uh, and they are also required to furnish the information within 30 days 
and if he doesn't furnish the information, that will be deemed denial of information. In which case, if the matter lands at the Central Information Commission, to which I will come to later, uh, uh, they will be penalized at the rate of 250 rupees per day. So there is a penalty. So his obligation is to furnish information as much as possible and then uh, within the stipulated period and also charge uh, you know, the reasonable amount as has been prescribed by the government and beyond that he cannot do that. In case part of information is not available with him, it is available with someone else, it is his responsibility to pass on your application to the concerned person under Section 3 of the RTI Act, uh, asking uh, you know, the other public authority to furnish the information to you and then uh, within 30 days. That's very important, you know, about the RTI Act that it is so precise uh, that uh, how you have to ask for the information, how you have to seek information, in how many days the information is to be given in, if it is not given the way you have asked for, then what are your rights, you know, and you, you accordingly approach. But I may also mention to you here, if you ask for a voluminous information, uh, 500 pages of a particular document, he may deny, saying that the information asked for is likely to disproportionately affect his uh, uh, office timings and therefore he, he would, I mean the information provider would expect you to ask for uh, certain information which would be uh, easily given without disrupting his normal activity. That is why under the rights, you have the right to inspect the document so that you can reduce the burden of uh, on the government uh, for furnishing the information. So that is very important. At the same time, uh, uh, they have also given the, been given the power not to disclose certain information. So while they have the obligation to disclose information as much as possible, but at the same time there are certain information which has been identified that is not to be given. And the information that is not to be given uh, are, one, any information the disclosure of which would uh, affect the national inter economic interests or uh, uh, integrity of the country, any information which had been forbidden by uh, the courts, any information which had been received by the foreign government, the disclosure of which will compromise the relationship with the country, any information relating to the ongoing investigation about certain disciplinary action or some other activities, any information which relates to a third party, Third party here means that you become the first party because you are seeker of the information. The information provider is the second party, but the information pertains to some other agency which may have provided, which may have furnished, and just by chance the information may be available uh, with the person to whom you have approached. So in the case of third party information, the third party has to be consulted before that information is disclosed. So there is a provision that he it doesn't have the liability to disclose immediately, but he has uh, to ask for the information. The information which is personal information. The personal information is the one which had been originated because of uh, personal efforts. The two sets of information, one that while performing our official duties, we uh, generate, create certain information, that is the public information, but there may be certain activities which may be very personal, which I do it in my private time, that is not to be shared. So, I mean, there are uh, certain areas that have been identified 
Uh, and likewise, the information relating to commercial confidence. You know, there are a uh, whole range of public authorities, uh, public enterprises. Uh, they need not disclose certain information, the disclosure of which may affect the competitiveness. For example, you go to the banks and uh, ask for certain loans. You will find that if you go for a housing loan, different banks may be giving different uh, rates, uh, you know, the interest rates, and some of them may be also giving you incentives. Now, if you ask that the, what is the incentive that you are giving uh, to your uh, customers, uh, those who are using credit cards or uh, debit cards, or those who are making use of uh, certain facilities, uh, they may say that, look, this is of commercial confidence because they use certain incentives, this incentive, uh, incentives to in, uh, entice their own customers. You know, so that information they may not uh, disclose to you, and they may clearly say that the disclosure of information will affect their competitiveness, and therefore. But you may at certain time contest also. You have the right to contest that look, this is not something which is going to affect the competitiveness, and therefore the information could be disclosed. Uh, there are many more, but uh, the most important uh, aspects of the uh, public authority giving the information is, uh, you know, the fact that they have to give you within 30 days, the information is very much specified the way you ask for it, and they are bound to give you the information within 30 days. Now, in case they don't do, then you again have the right to make a complaint or a, an appeal to the Central Information Commission, which is now the third party the third stakeholder in the RTI. So there is an information seeker, then you have the information provider, and the third is the, the, the body which is responsible for adjudicating uh, the disputes arising for. Because you may say that you have asked for some information, and the information given to you is misleading or incomplete. You may say that uh, uh, the information had been diffused to you under certain provision uh, of the Act, as I mentioned to you, the exemption clauses, and uh, uh, then uh, you may contest that these uh, uh, exemption clauses have wrongly been imposed. No, so you, you have every right to, uh, to, to dispute on this, and then it is the Central Information Commission which will now review and examine. So the Central Commission, uh, uh, Information Commission has, uh, and then you have the State Information Commission because this act is very much unique in the sense that you have the unique act which is uniformly applied to the central as well as uh, state subjects. Uh, for the center, you have the Central Information Commission, and for the state subject, you know, there are various departments under the state governments, and they are being looked after by the State Information Commissions. So the Information Commission acts as an uh, enforcer of the RTI Act, the various provisions, and also as an educator. Enforcer in the sense that in case any information is not given within 30 days, or has been denied, or the public information officer has not dealt uh, with the RTI application properly, uh, uh, you may question him and say that uh, uh, you have been unnecessarily have been harassed, and therefore the, the the Central Information Commission will not only impose penalty uh, of 250 rupees to the extent of 25,000 rupees, and that penalty has to be paid out of the personal salary 
from the salary of the public officer, not by the, the organization. And at the same time, if you are able to impress the commission that there had been unnecessary harassment and because the information had not been given to you on time, you have suffered a great deal because in terms of wages, in terms of uh, your uh, uh, travel uh, expenses and so on and so forth, uh, the Central Information Commission can also award you compensation. I mean, these are the very important uh, features of the RTI Act. So, uh, the Central Information Commission, as you know, is a very powerful body appointed by the President of India on the recommendation of the Prime Minister of the country. They are equivalent to the Supreme Court judges and they have all the uh, rights and privileges uh, and the manner in which they examine the cases. They follow the same uh, approach as of any civil court. So it is a very powerful body and uh, their decisions are very much binding and this is how the, the implementation of the RTI Act is imposed, uh, 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 I mean enforced and also wherever the information seeker has earned, for example, you are asking for certain information which is not available in the form in which you have asked for. The Central Information Commission will say that look, you have right to scrutinize the uh, the, the records, you have right to inspect the, uh, uh, the, the files, you have not asked for the information in the form in which it is available. So it can inform you. In case the uh, information provider has uh, refused to uh, share with uh, certain information on the basis of certain exemption clauses, the Central Information Commission will also interpret the law and accordingly say that look whether the PIO has uh, properly interpreted or he has misinterpreted the law and therefore uh, uh, the, the decision notices of the CIC become binding on them. So this is what uh, the, the, the role that uh, CIC plays. Let me now, uh, I think I am taking a lot of time, uh, I come to the, uh, the, the last part of uh, uh, my presentation that is the impact of RTI. The first is there, ha there we see that there is a greater degree of uh, transparency. One under section 4 of the RTI Act, uh, huge information is already put in the public domain. You don't have to ask for it. And thereafter, <coughs> through RTI Act also, a uh, large number of information has been asked for. And because of the transparency in the functioning of the public bodies, you see that uh, huge information is available. Uh, people have been asking for information relating to the entitlements beginning from the food grains to uh, that is the poor have the entitled for. Uh, you ask details of the scholarship and the manner in which it has been distributed. You ask for the admission policy, etc. All these information now are in the public domain. Earlier I can say uh, that your uh, <coughs> evaluated copies were not being given to you, especially in the annual examination. Now you have access to all those information. Uh, the information relating to the teacher's appointment, you know, was uh, not very transparent and therefore to ensure transparency you have the APIs, you know, the teachers who know about it. So <coughs> there is a huge, uh, uh, you know, amount of information that is available in the public domain. So we have seen the transparency. Now with this, we also see that there is a greater accountability in the functioning of uh, the institution. So the people's entitlements for either for the job, for the health services, and for uh, uh, other benefits are being uh, actualized. Uh, people, those old age pensions, they get their own pension, they, 
people in the rural area who are entitled for the jobs, now they are getting the jobs. Uh, you have a scholarship scheme for STST and the OBCs. They, it is uh, by and large fairly distributed. Uh, there were cases where uh, at the health centers the doctors and uh, nurses <coughs> Uh, we are not seen or uh, there was a rampant absenteeism in the schools and colleges. Now you see that we also uh, checked up. Uh, there were cases where the lots of medicine were being supplied and nobody knew where the medicine was going. So there is an also accountability uh, of uh, those uh, 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 supplies by the government. So we see that there is uh, uh, also improved degree of uh, 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 accountability and much of the petty corruptions have now been reduced. So what we see now, there is a real uh, impact on the corruption, which is also one of the objectives of the RTI Act to, to, to contain the scourge of corruption. And on this account, we see, we I don't have to tell you, all the corruption that is being talked about today, whether, whether it is 2G, 3G, or uh, uh, you know, uh, the others, Kotala cases, so many, I mean, all these have been exposed under the RTI Act. Nowadays, you see a lot of discussions on uh, the CBI director meeting, uh, uh, you know, the politicians across the political parties, the BJP, the Congress, and the Communists, and those who have uh, been implicated in some corrupt practices, uh, they are trying to beat, and one doesn't know what they're trying to sort it out with, you know. So, I mean, uh, uh, what we see that the impact is, uh, uh, total, uh, you know, we have the transparency, we have seen the improved accountability, uh, and also there is an impact on uh, lesser corruption. At the same time, as we talked about uh, the people participation, you know, we have now the participatory approach, people and uh, public and private projects are now being taken up. And in most of the rural areas where any scheme was being planned, that was not in consultation with the local people. Now the local people were asking for whether they need a school, or they need a hospital, or they need a pond for water conservation, and so on and so forth. So the people have the greater say uh, now in the developing process as they had before. Now to conclude, uh, if this is all to happen, this will require more and more uh, awareness uh, uh, and understanding of the provisions of the RTI Act and proper uh, prudent approaches to apply and use the RTI Act so that uh, we, we uh, put in the public domain huge uh, 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 information. At the same time, uh, it requires also to promote some degree of information literacy, which means that uh, everyone has to take certain decisions on the basis of uh, information, you know, and you have to take what we call the informed decision. You know, uh, uh, if somebody asks for why are you pursuing such and such career, you don't have to say that I like it, but you say that look, I see that there is a future in such and such career. Uh, this such and such career is more rewarding than the others, and or you make your own assessment that this is what I can do, this is what I cannot do, this is what you can afford, or you cannot afford. So what you do is that you take into uh, account uh, number of factors, uh, both which are personal in nature and also. Uh, the societal and then on you know, that basis you take certain decisions that is much more important uh, and this is how uh, everyone is able to realize his own aspirations his own uh, objectives in the life so for uh, personal and professional development use of uh, information and taking in, uh, decisions on the informed basis uh, is the most critical for uh, 
furthering the societal interest, for furthering the individual interest, and also the national interest. So I think at the last, we need to work further towards uh, improving the information literacy, knowing what is available, where it is available, and how to access the information, and then how to take an appropriate decision uh, for the benefit of self as well as for the society. And at the same time, uh, it, it, it is an empowering tool for every one of us to really to create a society, to create an environment in which we can see a better future. And I must also say that, the, as I said in the beginning, that the information uh, and the knowledge explosion is so fast and uh, uh, so wide that unless and until you have access to information, unless and until you know what is all going on in this country, in elsewhere, you would not be able to, to, to create a space for your own self. And therefore, it becomes very, very important to take informed decision and that is possible only when you create a situation in which you have free flow of information on the basis of which you can take appropriate decisions. Thank you very much. Thank you, Professor Ansari Saab, very, very succinct presentations. I think it was very well articulated, very well covered, um, and he basically covered the entire uh, framework and fulcrum of the Right to Information Act. And th I, th I think it's also a good time to see, I mean, this was uh, promulgated in nine, 2005, so nine or ten years has uh, elapsed since then, so what went right, what went wrong. Uh, and Professor Ansari Saab, just for your information, although this department is called Department of Political Science, we are offering three MA programs, which are all three distinct programs, um, Department of, uh, MA in Political Science, MA in Public Administration. So we do have a lot of students uh, right in this particular room who are uh, taking MA programs in Public Administration, and they learn about Indian Administration, they learn about Governance, about Transparency and everything. And also we have a MA in Human Rights. So now I think uh, let us take a couple of questions, okay, because Professor Ansari is very busy, okay. So please uh, ask a couple of questions. Maybe you can take a cluster of questions. Uh, yes. Good afternoon, sir. It has been a very interesting session with you. We have got to know many things about RTI. I would like to ask you a question, sir that uh, I am I'm, you know, concerning this uh, daily judicial services case which has been put up right now. There is one, uh, uh, one person who has uh, who applied who, uh, for the services and he missed the cutoff by two marks. So he has placed an RTI to seek, uh, you know, to seek review on particular two, three questions. That these que the answers of these questions which has been given by the council which has been given by the board is wrong. He is supposed to ask questions like these. So basically what my question is that sir in such circumstances when people are asking so many questions if they miss the uh, cutoffs by two marks, three marks, it may be, it, he might be right but don't you think that this will, this is too much intervention into the government proceedings? I mean don't you think that it will slow down our already burdened bureaucracy? And uh, second question I would like to ask you, sir. So, where would you, uh, where would you put a distinction between RTI and a PIL? So, I would like to ask this. Let us take a couple of questions at the cluster, okay? Um, that lady, yes. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Namaskar, sir. 
Sir, since long there has been a demand to uh, bring private sector and uh, uh, political parties under the purview of the Act. Uh, what's your take on this, sir? And uh, how, if you granted, how is this going to change the scenario after that? Yes, Good afternoon, sir. I am a student of Constitution Public Administration. Sir, as you rightly mentioned that uh, India's RTA is the second best in the world. Sir, I have a question then. Why political parties in India, let it be from uh, regional to national, let it be Samajwadi Party, BJP, except Amadmi Party, why are they so reluctant to uh, mention, why are they so reluctant to release the source of their funding, is that donation? And if even if they are, then why judiciary is not like interfering in this thing? Next, yeah. Additionally, sir, we come across the new order like RTI activists and news. So, how can one become RTI activists? So, I am shy in the public administration. My question is that, sir, no doubt RTI has been brought in and it has, to a large extent, it has brought accountability, responsibility, and transparency. But uh, at practical level, sir, uh, we see that many of the RTI activists have been killed. So, is there any institutional mechanism for the protection of RTI activists? Yes. Sir, sir, my first question is, is RTI को ग्रामीण क्षेत्रों तक पहुंचाने के लिए किस तरह की कार्रवाई गवर्नमेंट ने की है तब कितना उन्हें सफल हुए हैं और कि क्या है जैसे सुनते हैं आप पहुंचाने के लिए कि वहाँ ग्रामीण क्षेत्र हमारे देश में बहुत ज़्यादा है बहुत कमीशन नहीं है। Any female students? Okay, yes. Uh, my question is, uh, there have been uh, numerous RTIs on the Henderson Group's report on Netaji Shubhash Chandra Bose. So, government always say that it is national interest, but the people want to know, like, since 60 years we have known these things. So, how can we come to know these things? And also, uh, there was an RTI right now against uh, BARC about the uh, number of deaths and how they take place. So the results came out that uh, majority of the deaths were through cancer. So don't you think like it is against you know uh, morals because a person if he knows that if a bar will have a uh, cancer related death then the scientist will not want to go to such places. I think let us uh, respond to these questions first. If there is a possibility we take the second one. <laughs> I don't know where uh, from I should begin with. Uh, well, uh, you asked about RTI and PIS. Uh, RTI is about uh, disclosure of certain information. That is, that you want to know certain things, uh, how it has happened and who are the people who have uh, When you talk of the PIL, you already have the information and knowledge about certain things that has happened and you say that that has been done illegally. And therefore, <coughs> the uh, courts are responsible for uh, examining whether or not certain acts are legal or illegal. You know, so th these two are totally different. And therefore, most of the PILs or uh, petitions being filed uh, uh, in the courts are based on the information that they have collected uh, from uh, uh, from the different bodies under the RTI, because the RTI. Act has been giving you an opportunity to access information uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, I may say that if any information which relates to life and liberty, you know, affecting your right to work, right to live, or your life is in danger, the information has to be provided within 24 hours. You know, so it is so quick, you know, in providing the information. Uh, now, uh, you also asked about. Uh, 
you know somebody scored some marks lower than uh, you know uh, unless an detailed information is disclosed and put in public domain how would you know that why one has got lower than some others it is quite possible that he is subject to some discriminatory practices or there could be some other reasons i may take you for example you know you all are students you will be able to appreciate i know a case where uh, a student had uh, obtained uh, about uh, 67 uh, uh, marks out of 100 in a particular subject and when the mark sheet was uh, given to him he got a, uh, in the mark sheet he was shown only 63 or 64 now that student who had got 67 he was close to the teacher and the teacher knew whom he has given how much marks and he revealed that you know it happens privately sometimes we are very generous and we tell our students oh you have done well you have given got this when he got the mark sheet he got uh, only 63 or 64 i don't remember uh, and uh, uh, then he was very confident he had gone to his teacher sir you said uh, that i have got so much and in the mark sheet this is only so much how it all has happened the teacher was furious the student himself was furious that how it can happen because the teacher was confident that yes i have given so much marks he asked the for disclosure of the information uh, you know not under the rti but you have the general procedure uh, within the department for revaluation now through the revaluation it was found out that he had failed in two other subjects <laughs> And the moderation committee has withdrawn, you know, withdrawn those two to three marks to see that he is passed. <laughs> and you know, it was all disclosed to him. Now the disclosure of information became very embarrassing to him because he had failed in two subjects. <laughs> you know, and uh, the teacher was also very much embarrassed because it came to be closed. That how on what basis? Because he himself was talking to some other and he said that. Sometimes the disclosure does play an important role. It reveals uh, how the, the department has acted and uh, where he was there and then also the responsibility of his or his teacher. So here the point is, uh, you also asked uh, there may be some errors in the subject. This we very uh, often face uh, in uh, UGC net examination. If some of you are the postgraduate students, you will find, especially in the science and math subjects, a uh, large number of complaints come and they say that, look, sir, uh, the answer to such and such question is this. You know, they contest and many a time they are right. Many a time they are right, you know. Uh, and sometimes they are also wrong. So only through the disclosure processes, it is possible to know what is truth. And it is helping both the student as well as to the organization and also to the teacher who has uh, recorded a wrong answer for this. So uh, I have been saying that the information is truth and truth cannot be misused. Sometimes it hurts, you know. Yeah. One should not be talking misuse or uh, use of this information. Now coming to the political parties and sources of funding, the CIC has already uh, uh, given its ruling that they must disclose, they must be treated as public authority, they must disclose the sources of uh, their funding and I must tell you uh, and uh, uh, that this is 
one of the most important source of corruption in this country. As long as you have the electoral process, you have to contest elections and the election uh, is costing huge money and then the money comes from different sources including the donations and those who pay the donations, you know, the popular saying goes on, one who pays calls for the queue, you know, those who pay, you know. I, I remember a uh, uh, number of cases where people have asked for the disclosure and information has been disclosed and has been found that wherever there are problems with certain organizations, uh, particularly the private bodies, the MNCs, they pay donations to all the political parties and the, all the political parties they uh, who are sitting on the judgment, they take a lenient view of the whole matter. I may take one example which I have examined under the RTI, that was uh, the case of uh, Bhopal tragedy, you know. Yes. No, huge tragedy, lot of money even came and uh, those uh, foreign companies paid to uh, all the political parties, uh, uh, you know, whether they are in power or not, so that they don't raise much uh, voices in the parliament. And uh, the Indian government also paid lot of money, but uh, the money never reached to the people and they are even uh, crying now. Uh, so, uh, uh, the, the decision has been already taken uh, by the CIC for disclosure of all the details, uh, but unfortunately they are all the political bosses, uh, they at times they do connive together and nothing happens. Uh, in the political processes, uh, uh, as you know, uh, when they discuss a matter in a parliament, you see as if they are uh, the ruling party and the opposition. Uh, but you really don't know what happens when they are uh, away from them. You know, they are all good friends. They talk about it. I was reacting to recently uh, on the CBI matter. The CBI director had been meeting all this. CBI was uh, uh, included under the ambit of the RTI Act in the beginning. And uh, for, the five, for, for the first five years, uh, till I was uh, uh, with the uh, CIC, uh, I had examined, reviewed all the complaints and uh, uh, appeals against the CBI. I must tell you, there were large number of cases where the CBI, after investigation, had closed the matter. Now, since the matter were complete and com uh, completed, uh, there was no uh, protection under the RTI yet. The RTI protects only till the investigation is on. Thereafter, when the investigation is over, they have to put in the public domain. When it was found out that they had done it for the wrong reason, it was also revealed that probably some money may have changed hands. And at the same time, when the closure reports were submitted to the courts, the courts, uh, uh, you know, pulled the uh, CBI also that they were indulging in the corrupt practices. They were not fairly uh, investigated. So on the one hand, you see uh, that uh, you have no hope other than uh, uh, for a fair inquiry investigation by the CBI, but the CBI also misuses, you know, because it is a political art and they make uh, use of uh, their power and they don't do it properly. That is why only 25 to 30 per, uh, percent cases are now caught. Now the, R, R, the CBI has been now taken out from the, uh, from the ambit of why it was around the Bofor case. They never wanted to uh, see that that uh, comes out, you know, so they took it out and unfortunately all the political parties connived and they allowed it to happen. Now in this CBI case, now if you are watching the uh, TV reports, you will see uh, 
that there are uh, leaders from the BJP who are who have gone and met. There are people from, uh, you know, the other political parties, including the Congress. They have gone and uh, met the CBI directors. So they are there because uh, most of them are facing some CBI investigation that is going on. So the question of political parties is very important, and the CIC has already taken the decision. But uh, what can you do? I mean, uh, they are the, all the political bosses. And they, that has happened, you know, uh, some years ago, I don't know if you are following the newspaper in the previous years, uh, there was a matter relating to office of uh, profit. Yes, you know, in the matter yes, of office of profit, it was found that the people, uh, you know, uh, who were sympathizers of the Congress, uh, the Communists and the BJP all were caught and uh, uh, they came together and they passed a different law altogether. So the political parties, you know, uh, they look to us that there are different parties, but at somewhere when uh, they have convergence of interest, they take their decision in their own interest and therefore they forget about others. And the case in point is the office of profit, the political parties and their funding and so on and so forth. Uh, why judiciary is not interfering? I mean, it's very difficult. It is not for me to decide why judiciary. Judiciary takes up all the cases uh, uh, which is filed to them. And are you saying that the judiciary is free from corruption? They are also fixed up. Uh, RTI activists, you know, anyone who has uh, social concerns uh, and you are able to collect information why your friend has not got the admission, why your friend has not got the employment, why your friend has not got the scholarship and so on and so forth. <coughs> why your family members who are interacting are having interface with any public department they are uh, being denied of uh, loans or they are being denied of uh, electricity connection or they are being overcharged you know on any account or the one has paid uh, uh, you know excess uh, taxes you know why the refund is not so if you begin to put in all these uh, cases together you become the rti activist you know uh, but there is no way to save you because uh, what happens is that when you try to expose others and the others are threatened then definitely they would try to find out either to fix you up or eliminate you <laughs> so that is what it goes on in the society really i have no uh, answer to this but accept that I say that when you are putting up an RTI application, see to it that you uh, put in your RTI application jointly, you know, you have with you more than one friend so that it is not easy to identify as to who is the main applicant, you know. So you may be individually harmed, but 10 of your friends cannot be harmed altogether, you know, because you have formed a group. So that is one way to protect the interests of RTI activists. There is a whistleblower act also which has been passed, I guess. Uh, yeah, but that is uh, to be notified and uh, uh, no RTI in uh, Grameen area. ये तो बहुत काफी RTI वहाँ पे खूब use हो रहा है और लोग कर रहे हैं. लेकिन वहाँ दिक्कत ये है कि लोग वहाँ पे इतने अभी पढ़े लिखे लोग नहीं हैं. उनको लिखने पढ़ने नहीं आता. 40% India population जो है वो अभी क्या कह लीजिए कि उनको लिखना पढ़ना नहीं आता. गांव में रहते हैं. कोई भी पंचायत या पंचायत का कोई मेंबर उनको बहुत आसानी से धमका देता है, डरा देता है। गरीब लोग हैं वो इशारे दब जाते हैं। तो वहाँ पे ये दिक्कत है, वरना आरटीआई एक्ट वहाँ पे भी खूब यूज़ हो रहा है। इसलिए कि वहाँ पे लोग तो कम यूज़ कर रहे हैं, लेकिन ये एक दूसरे की जो राइवलरी है, यू नो पंचायत के इलेक्शन में एक जीता है दस लोग हारते हैं तो वो दस जो है उसके खराब जो है बहुत सारी एक्सपोज करते हैं कि साहब उन्होंने गांव में खरंजे बनवाए तो इतने पैसे खा लिए स्कूल का पैसा आया वहां पे इतना खा लिया 
तो वो खुद एक्सपोज करते हैं तो वहाँ पे यूज़ तो बहुत काफ़ी हो रहा है और आपने ये हैंडरसन एंड नेताजी रिपोर्ट वगैरह के बारे में देखिए आई आई नो बोथ द केस डिटेल्स एंड आई हैव एग्जामिंड अंडर द आर टी इन हैंडरसन रिपोर्ट व्हाट यू हैव इज मच ऑफ द इन्फॉर्मेशन इज ऑलरेडी डीप एंड इट शोज द आवर प्रिपेयरनेस इन ए पुअर लाइट के एक जगह कहीं पढ़ रहा था तो पता चला कि हमारे जो आर्मी चीफ जो है वो कहीं आराम फरमा रहे थे और उनको बताया कि भाई यहाँ पे ऐसे ऐसे होगी इतनी आपकी चौकियाँ जो हैं उन्होंने कब्जा कर लिया और देन ही वॉज सो वीक दैट ही कुड नॉट रिस्पॉन्ड टू दैट यू नो तो इन टर्म्स ऑफ प्रिपेयरनेस हमारी कुछ भी नहीं थी और, और उसमें हारने की जो वजह थी बड़ी स्ट्रेटेजिक थी तो ये कहते हैं कि हम इसको लीक करेंगे तो इससे हमारा मोरल जो है हमारी आर्मी का मोरल जो है बहुत डाउन हो जाएगा कि हम बिल्कुल तैयार नहीं थे तो उस वक्त जो आ, हमारी जो टीम थी आर्मी जर्नल नहीं निकाल ये हैंडरसन रिपोर्ट चाइना की की बात थी तो एक हैंडरसन रिपोर्ट वो हुई कि भाई वट वॉज द काज ऑफ डिबैक इन इन दो चाइना वार एंड इट वॉज ए थारो इन्वेस्टिगेशन इट वॉज फाउंड दैट आवर आर्म्स एमोनेशन वेज नॉट टू द मार्क नंबर वन नंबर टू आवर पीपल वेर नॉट वेरी रिस्पॉन्सिव दे डिड नॉट टेक इट वेरी सीरियसली दे डिड नॉट फॉट इट वेल और मुझे याद आता है कि हम छोटे से थे जब वो लड़ाई लगी तो वो जितने भी आर्मी वाले थे सब भाग भाग करके गाँव में अपने जाने लगे यू नो आई आई नो डजन ऑफ केसेज यू नो वी वेरी स्मॉल चाइल्ड यू नो गोइंग इन प्राइमरी स्कूल और यू नो देर वॉज ए मेन रेलवे लाइन यू नो ब्रॉड गेज और वहाँ पे लोग गाड़ियों को रोक रोक करके उतरते थे भागते थे और मुझे याद आता है कि हम लोग देखते थे कि मिलिट्री वाले उतर के भाग रहे हैं यू नो तो देरसन रिपोर्ट आई मीन दिस इज द लाइटेड साइड ऑफ इट बट देर वॉज अ लैक ऑफ प्रिपेयरनेस एज फार एज नेताजी सुभाष चंद्र केस इज कंसर्न थ्री डिफरेंट कमिटीज हैव बीन कंस्टिट्यूटेड टू नो अबाउट हिज वेर अबाउट एंड द काज ऑफ डेथ एंड ऑल दैट ऑल ऑफ देम हैव कम आउट विद डिफरेंट रिपोर्ट्स नाउ वेन वी वेर एग्जामिनिंग द मिनिस्ट्री ऑफ होम अफेयर सेज मच ऑफ द इन्फॉर्मेशन इज नॉट अवेलेबल बिकॉज सम ऑफ देम दिस सेट दैट इट इज ऑल द ट्रंक लोड ऑफ इन्फॉर्मेशन इट इज अवेलेबल बट ओनली अबाउट थ्री वीक्स बैक आई वॉज टोल्ड दैट the the files and all the records have now been destroyed uh, uh, now the west bengal government says uh, that there are those who are pro netaji there are those who think otherwise because they take him in uh, uh, heroic spirit and therefore they say that if uh, the fact is known you know and no one knows what is the fact probably there will be lot of agitation in those parts of the country as to why the then government did not do something or uh, you know even now Uh, uh someone says that some of the ashes are uh, lying somewhere in japan that has not been brought back so so many controversial things are being raised and one doesn't know that as to which version is going to be acceptable to uh, the indian masses particularly in the, the west bengal because where people take him in more emotionally and therefore the government have uh, thought of uh, uh, not disclosing the information uh, so that is the only thing that i can say big part what is that The RTO was caught uh, finding its path, so the report came out that maximum deaths of bark employees through cancer. So uh, which which 
Well, that is to be found out whether uh, the cancer is because of uh, certain effects of uh, the projects that they do. I mean, that is a subject matter of investigation. Uh, but what is important is that those who are working there uh, are uh, affected maybe by some uh, rays uh, that emanates from the nuclear project. I remember uh, uh, very well uh, in the beginning of uh, our career, my office was located uh, at the uh, Indraprastha and where you have the thermal plant. And uh, I remember uh, I was staying there uh, with uh, one of my well-wishers and uh, during the, uh, the, the, the summer we used to sleep in the open, you know. And in the morning I would see so much of the coal, you know, uh, ashes, ashes uh, uh, small particles, uh, you know, they were there. Later on, uh, uh, with maturity, I found that many of our colleagues working in those areas, they were found of the heart diseases because they were inhaling those ashes and all. So it, it uh, does affect, you know. Now, under the RTI Act, even if it is a private uh, company, you can ask for the information and say that uh, whether or not uh, some such a company has taken approval of the environment department, whether they have taken sufficient measures to see uh, that the people in the vicinity do not suffer from any health hazards and so on and so forth. So, I mean, uh, earlier you never had this right, but now you have the right and people are asking for the information and making use of it. So, which right. countries are the best? India is second best? Uh, some European, Sweden or something. So, just one question. Uh, <coughs> if the government denies information on the grounds of national interest, can a citizen challenge that claim and where can he do that? Uh, CIC. CIC. Yeah. And uh, in CIC, they have to impress that yes, it is a national interest, uh, national economic interest, and therefore it cannot be uh, uh, disclosed. I mean, uh, there is no time otherwise I would so what is the economic interest? I would like to offer a formal thanks to Professor Ansari Sahab for being with us, okay, for this time, okay, and for the uh, fabulous presentation we just made. I think there are a lot of ideas that we can take to our respective classes, okay, the MA Political Science and Political Education. Now I request Professor Muslim Khan to offer a formal vote of thanks. Thank you, sir, Professor In fact, when we were listening, whole talk has has a combination of professor as well as a practical administrator and we have come to know about various integrity meetings of the functioning of the system as well as how and what are the various salient features of the act how we can go for having uh, or using this act on the other hand sir all these lectures and information will go a long way in helping us Many of our students who are from Human Rights and Public Administration, they may use it for making notes. And I think that chapter has been clarified much well here. So we are highly thankful to you, sir. And I hope that this will continue in future also. You will be benefited by your experiences. I am also thankful to students and some of the faculty members. The students especially because they keep on asking questions and which gives more time to the speaker to enlighten and come out with more information and you take interest in lectures that also revives our spirit and our department. Thank, thanks for, uh, to everybody. I think we have a